In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth, and beginning with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast, where we talk about how to navigate life in the light of faith. We put difficult issues that we face in our societies today on the table in the light of faith, and we discuss it from different viewpoints and different angles to try to help you as you navigate with us um, our journey on earth. Our guest today is Simone Key. She's a a board-certified licensed professional counselor providing couples and individual counseling. She's also a former teacher, coach, school therapist, and mother. Ms. Key has a private practice in downtown Tyler called Stella Maris, am I saying that right? Mm -hmm. Stella Maris Christian Counseling, where she integrates faith with evidence-based practice. She also works part-time for an agency called Next Step, providing counseling for students in Smith County. She provides online and in-office sessions. She's here with uh, myself, Stacy Trasankos, the Executive Director of the St. Philip Institute, and His Excellency Bishop Joseph Strickland, the founder of the Institute. And we're talking today about specifically anxiety in teenage girls. So we want to talk a little bit about what anxiety is in general, but we're focusing in this short episode on um, the anxiety among teenage girls. So why teenage girls? Um, I picked that because (laughs) I have five daughters. Uh, One of them's 30 and the other four are, the the youngest one's almost a teenager. So the other four are are teenagers practically. And I've seen what happens over decades, um, knowing from my own childhood and then my oldest daughter's childhood and now these four young girls I've seen the effects of globalization on uh, what it does to anxiety. And they live in a different world than we did growing up. So you're a Catholic, you're a therapist, you work with teenage girls. um, And one of the things we want to help parents be able to do, something I I, I sort of learned as as a person who talks about faith and science a lot, and also studying early church fathers, what they did with ancient paganism, we take whatever society is offering us, but we have to Christianize it. We have to comb through it, reject what's false, keep what's true, good, and beautiful, and you've got to know the difference, and you know the difference by knowing what the church teaches. So Catholics don't get any breaks. Um, we have the guidance from the treasure that the church guards for us, the deposit of faith that you help guard so well. We have that, but it, it, it's not just something we memorize in a catechism. It's something we apply very much in our lives. So we, we want to get a full discussion of that today. 
thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. We're, we're happy that you're here. So what do you guys say? What is anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> so normally when I do an intake, I'm screening for anxiety, depression issues, and anxiety is the most commonly diagnosed disorder. Um, so um, I would be looking for um, trouble with sleep, um, muscle tension, um, intrusive thoughts and, and excessive worrying. Um, I would be looking for maybe social withdrawal. Um, what else? Maybe even trouble eating, um, mm -hmm. you know, stomach aches, headaches, those kinds of things. Yeah. And then if it gets really bad, um, we'd be noticing panic attacks. And well, you definitely notice those. <laughs> yeah, because you're out of control when mm -hmm. you're having one of those. Definitely. Yeah. Do you do you see a lot of anxiety? Like, and I know priests when they counsel yeah. families. Um, certainly, and you know, especially lately, I think where humanity is anxious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, just with all the change and all the questions and the uncertainties. And I think, I guess, certainly I don't have the, the clinical training, but it's more experiential is what I'm aware of and, and what causes the anxiety. I think people um, a lot of times feel overwhelmed. And, um, I, you know, speaking very personally, I think... Um, I feel anxious if I don't have a plan. I mean, that's how I work. If I feel like, okay, and I deal with a few issues every day, but if I feel like, okay, I've got a plan, I've got some path, then it, it definitely lessens my anxiety. But I think it's that, um, you know, we, it, it's interesting because I have studied a, a bit um, the whole issue of stress and one thing that kind of startled me when I was learning about some of this is that we need stress. I mean, if we didn't have any stress, mm -hmm. we're basically not alive. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a stress with living in the environment and breathing and just being. Um, so stress is not all unhealthy, but anxiety, I think, is when stress does be begin to become, and as you pointed out, Simone, there's certainly different grades of anxiety. I mean, probably all of us have some an anxious moment or two during a day or, you know, there's something that right. we're anxious about maybe in a just sort of an ongoing sense. But when it starts to really affect our behaviors, then it's it's kind of going up the scale. So I think the the what I've experienced and in, in talking to others, um, you know, very often and it's true as a bishop, but especially as a pastor, because a bishop is so much more administration that you're dealing with, and people get anxious about those things. But I think you can almost say that it's like for yourself. People don't make an appointment to say, life's great and things are wonderful and it's just things are going very smoothly. They've got an issue. Mm -hmm. um, and you're there to to really do something similar to what a priest does in a less clinical way. But very often people will call up the priest when they've got an issue, they're anxious or there's a problem. So um, I think it's an important ministry to help people. Um, not, I think there's a tendency, especially kind of in the, the Texas mindset to you know, not admit anxiety. 
And I think we need to let people know that it's okay, especially mm -hmm. uh, young women. I mean, as you were kind of introducing this, it's like, what do I know about <laughs> young girls and anxiety? But as I think about it, I probably know more yeah. than I, I may realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we, as an example, we're using this book. Show it to the camera. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's a, I, I mentioned this book and because it's one I read, and but it was an example for me of. It's it's written by a uh, Lisa Demore, mm -hmm. a PhD, and she works with young girls. It was an example of there were a lot of things in there that you won't find in the catechism, yeah. a lot of practical tips that helped. But there were a lot of things in there that I wouldn't just want to hand someone that book and say, you know, we don't believe. Do yeah, don't yeah. don't do that. Could you say because I had you you looked at the book mm -hmm. and. Like help our audience understand what what do you what do you look for like when you got this book what were the red flags to you? Um, so I mean I I enjoyed um, that there that this woman is approaching this important topic. I mean it's a really confounding thing for a lot of families just to get into that period of. I mean, we have, we have um, teenage boys that are diagnosed with anxiety too, but about uh, twice as often we have teenage girls diagnosed with anxiety. Um, and so um, it's just this confounding time for families. I'm glad that she um, assembled a lot of her experience and knowledge in here. Um, but there were times where I'm reading through and I'm thinking, yes, almost. You know, like, like, oh, I wish you could be informed by our faith. That yeah. would be so great because, and that's why um, I like being able to integrate my faith into, um, mm -hmm. into counseling. Um, because um, there were some times in here where maybe she talked about um, just maturing and um, sexuality, and then she doesn't um, go into any detail about just the dignity of the human person mm -hmm. and dignity of sexuality. Um, or um, there were times maybe where... She's talking about self-worth and self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really hard sometimes for us to um, know how to forgive ourselves truly unless we know God's unconditional love mm -hmm. for us, right? Like, if we have that as our root, then we can know that, you know, when we make mistakes, like, he can work through the brokenness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we have, like, an example of how to... Um, survive through the shame or whatever consequences our, our sins may bring into our lives. Um, so, so I think, um, yeah, th th this is a good start. There's a couple places where I think maybe she kind of goes off the rail, mm -hmm. but then, um, you know, you have to be informed by your faith as yeah. well. Yeah, it, we, uh, I just, that struck me too. So, when, when I talk about faith and science, one of the things I say when I learned chemistry, it, and I thought science had all the answers, and I say that because that's so rampant in our culture today. People think science and technology are all the answers to life. And when I came into the fullness of the faith as a Catholic and I started thinking about it, like you really hit a, you hit a wall with science. If you think that reason and science are all there is, you hit a wall and, and you get to a point where you don't know why we do science and you don't know what the purpose of science is. You're just stuck in that. You know, I said it's like having your blinders on. You're, you're, um, I think Pope St. John Paul II called it a chained intellect. And you can't think beyond it. But she said something um, in, in the book 
she called several times. I don't have it right in front of me, but she several times she refers to the girl, the girls that she's trying to help, as biological factories. She says you're having anxiety because you've evolved that way, and so that kind of you got to really get that out. And there's no dignity. P- people who who devote their whole lives to helping young girls you know when we're we're talking about anxiety we're talking like things that lead to cutting and eating disorders and and sexual misbehavior she's telling it's 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 right but almost Mm -hmm. because she's telling these girls on one hand you're worthy you're beautiful you you have a life and a purpose but on the other hand she's telling them you're just atoms and molecules and there, there really can't be a dignity to the human person if you're leaving out the human soul, the, the part, you know, we're made in the image and likeness of God, body and soul, but our rational soul is where we have our intellect and our free will, and we practice virtue, and we take control of our passions, and uh, if you don't have that fuller picture, it doesn't really make sense. It's, it's like having the blinders on. You hit a wall on both sides. Why, why am I here? To, you know, the girl's saying, why am I here? What does it matter whether I cut myself or not? And you know, to the other end, what's the purpose? Because when I die, that's the end of me. So it, it, I've seen in my own children, I've seen them struggle. If I didn't have that fuller picture, they would have struggled even more. Yeah. Can I bring up one other thing that I had? So in this book, she um, is talking about anxiety as um, mainly a girl's problem. I see a lot of anxiety in um, boys too. And I see a common trait among these these folks are usually um, people pleasers. And um, it's really hard to not be anxious about your image, about your friends, and you know what they're thinking about you. It's, it's hard to um, uh, not you know, succumb to social pressures, whatever they might be. And so I think that it's it's important to look at how to build um, assertiveness skills in, um, um, in our girls and in our boys, but also um, even just leading, like leading a Christian life is often countercultural. So we have to learn how to not be people pleasers, but, you know, kind of be God pleasers. Um, and I think that sometimes reduces so much anxiety in and of itself mm-hmm. because, well, now I just have to like, you know, worry about one person's opinion, you know, <laughs> no, not, not the, you know, hundreds of kids in my school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that as you talk about um, being in a, a, a global society, especially through media, and mm-hmm. I know, you know, young people, boys and girls, they're, they're very much, I mean, they've been born into a world where it's always been. Mm-hmm. I mean. Um, I'm old enough that when I was a kid, you know, we didn't have all this technology. Um, the first computer I saw was one at the the university where I went. One computer in the room that everybody had to share. I mean, it's it's just a different world. Mm-hmm. And I think you're pointing out. Um, I, I really liked what you said that they really ultimately it's it's our conscience should be asking us, am I pleasing God? Am I living according to God's plan? Um, and even as a bishop, you know, that certainly should be what guides me, but we get all these inputs. Um, just recently, um, you know, I'm, I'm fairly, well, I'm known some for tweeting uh, <laughs> as a bishop and try to 
keep it as positive as possible. Sometimes, you know, you get sort of pulled off out of focus, but especially lately, I'm just trying to, to really put out positive things. Um, and just recently, I just decided to quit reading any tweets. Um, I just put it out there because I think it's a good way to get the truth out. Um, but there, I mean, no matter what you say, yeah. there's going to be a negative reaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say the sky's blue and someone's going to say, oh, well, you know, that's just <laughs> the molecules the bouncing around and why do you care what <laughs> color? To, you know, it just, and, and I think that's just sort of a, a, a pandemic of anxiety in our world that is fed sometimes. And I, I'm sure young people that you deal with, because they're so immersed in that world, they care what somebody says about whatever they said. The, the picture they post and somebody makes a, a snide comment about it, that really can get people spinning into a very anxious place. And I think that um, I know it uh, as I've thought about it, even as I knew we were going to talk about this, I, I know it sounds simplistic and it sounds like, well, of course, a bishop's going to say that. But I would encourage anyone that's listening, maybe a mom or a dad or a, a young person, to remember prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and it, like I said, it's like, ah, of course, you know, the bishop's going to tell you, just go pray and that'll <laughs> fix everything. Well, it may not fix everything, but I think that's a good practice for all kinds of reasons. Uh, I mean, some people that have, haven't got a faith base will, will go into some sort of meditation or something. There's, there's something biological about mm -hmm. prayer that certainly is more than that for us, but it also brings those benefits of, of slowing your heart rate, you're your breathing more deeply, you're quieting your mind. And what uh, sort of tying my thoughts in, I, I've shared this in other situations because it's, it's a, a thought that I've had for a while, but, um, you know, I love technology. I'm a gadget guy. And it occurs to me that prayer is kind of like, um, I mean, just recently my phone, you know, needed an upgrade. You know, I mean, it, you, you plug it in and it's, you know, goes to the Internet and, and picks up this, um, downloads uh, an upgraded software. And I think prayer... Is, is something like that. If we, if we get back to some basic principles, who made us? God made us. God made us in His image. So we're images of God running around the earth. <laughs> and prayer sort of puts us back, you know, takes us back to the mothership in a sense. It takes us, reconnects us to the very source of our being. Um, and I think that that, you know, it, it, I, I like the, the sort of technological, you know, playing with that a bit. But mm -hmm. I think there's some truth there that prayer is spirit to spirit. It, it's reconnecting us with that depth of who we are. And I think uh, my theory is I'd be interested in your comments as, as much as you get into the faith issues. And a lot of young people are struggling with faith. I, say. I mean, I've had many parents say, you know, what do I do? My teenager, boy or girl, said I, I don't, they don't believe in God anymore. Um, so there's a lot of anxiety that even goes around faith and, and all of that. And I'd be interested in knowing it, from your experience how 
young people are are dealing with that because my experience and certainly what our faith teaches us that God is that love. God loves us. God, we exist because God loves us. And I think that's very often a source of anxiety for people because they're, they're really not sure of that. Um, and I think that plays out certainly not just in young people, but throughout adult lives as well, when we aren't really grounded in and really believing and this is something I think we all have to, mm -hmm. to deepen and grow through prayer, through a relationship with God. But if you really believe in that love that God has for you, that you exist because God loves you, um, as the scriptures say, we're the apple of his eye. And, mm -hmm. and that, you know, it, it, it takes for all of us, I think it, it takes really sort of letting that echo through our heart and mind and letting ourselves believe that. So what would you say is, do you see that as an issue for a lot of the young people you talk to that have anxiety that, that if, can you drill down to the point where they're not sure they are loved? Definitely, definitely. And if, if there's the seed of, um, seed of faith there, which, you know, that's not my job to plan, I guess. I mean, I, I try in my actions or whatnot, but um, if that's there, then I have something to work with and I can do things like just... Um, you know, scriptural affirmations, or um, even, you know, even some of my clients, I've had them, you know, go home and just go, look in the mirror and start counting the hairs on your head, because God loves you so much that scripture says he has every hair on your head counted, right? So, so take a little bit of time tonight, just go home and look in the mirror and start counting. See how long it takes for you to just be like, I'm tired of, you know, um, paying that much attention to myself, right? Um, but that can really help them shift and just, you know, realize how big that love is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, and God also knows how many atoms and molecules are in your body, too. <laughs> uh, he loves all of them. Yeah, he loves them all. Um, there, you know, that working with that faith, like, I, I, don't, I don't know how you say it to the world, but if you're not raising your kids with faith, you don't, you don't have a way to, to connect with them when they're in the their depths of anxiety or, or struggling like that, you don't have a way to connect them to their greater purpose. Like, I don't know how you do it. I did raise two kids before I was a woman of faith, and it, and it was a disaster. Like, I didn't understand love. And, and then, you know, I've seen with my daughters now that that is critical to being able to connect with them. They have to feel the love from me so that they know, and their dad, and to know that they are loved by God. There was one moment, um, you know, I just say this because I, I know I hear from parents quietly that this is a big issue, this anxiety that's eating away, specifically at girls, but not to leave guys out, but it is a bigger problem with girls. This anxiety, and it is it is a physiological thing when your neurons start firing. The book calls it, I really like this part, your glitter's not settled. Mm -hmm. You have a jar of water with glitter in it. Your brain in a calm mode is like sitting there. But when you get anxious and flooded, it's like you shake that jar up. And, and I've said to my girls sometimes before, we cannot talk about this problem right now because your glitter is not settled. You've got to let it settle and then we'll talk. But right now you're not going to make a good decision. We're not going to do anything but yell at each other. And there have been times when prayer was very, very powerful. I, I've had a situation where a daughter was threatening to hurt herself, like really lost control of things. And it was very scary for me for her, 
for her dad. We, we were all just terrified. And I remember in that moment, I just started, um, I turned it on because I couldn't even voice the words. You know, I was, I was, it's hard to pray in times like that. But I just turned on my phone playing Ave Maria. And I just let it keep playing and playing and playing. And it's like, God loves you. He's here with us right now. And that helped settle the glitter. <laughs> Because if, if we didn't have that, it would have been, you know, the breathe in a box thing only gets you so far. <laughs> breathe in for three breaths, hold it for three breaths, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's really fascinating how the body and the, the mind, the spirit, the soul work together. You, you can tell your body to breathe, and it will calm your mind. And you can pray, and it will calm your mind. And, and we need that stuff. Um, it scares me to think of all the teenage children out there who may not have that ground grounding in faith uh, I don't I don't know what they do they crack at some point but um, anyway what what are some practical tips you know I'm talking about the square breathing I, I don't know if people know what that means mm-hmm. um, settling the glitter like mm-hmm. what are some things that anyone can do to calm to deal with anxiety um. So I made a list here because I knew, uh, you know, when you put me on the spot with that question, I might forget. Um, but I think that um, we can definitely um, establish a habit of positive self-talk and using scriptural affirmations. Um, we can um, make sure that um, we're stepping away from social media every once in a while, not looking at every, what everyone's tweeting or, you know, how many likes we have. or. Um, I think that um, there were a bunch of Austin moms that started the Wait Till Eighth movement, which was, mm-hmm. um, you know, just don't give your kids um, social yeah. media, smartphones until eighth grade. Um, I understand that a lot of people, a lot of families are set up now where they feel like they're, they need, uh, their, their kids need a phone, and so you could just get, you know, a dumb phone mm-hmm. instead. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that way they're not constantly on social media, because I definitely see a mm-hmm. lot of especially girls, um, their anxiety levels and then subsequently depression levels increase once they, you know, about a year into social media use. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, let's see, I had written down, um, make sure that we respect our limits. There's mm-hmm. only 24 hours in a day. So I think a lot of times we are unrealistic about what we can fit into a day. And a lot of kids mm-hmm. are overscheduled. You know, they've got, they're running from sports to academics and just juggling a whole bunch. No wonder they're dropping some of the balls. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about, um, yeah. So then the other thing I think that's really important is um, establishing a habit of um vertical comparison versus horizontal comparison. What I mean by that is that um, a lot of times we're looking over our shoulders at what the other person's doing, how they're doing, and comparing ourselves to that person. Um, But if we can use that energy instead to refocus on where I was yesterday, where I was last year, where I want to be tomorrow, next Mm -hmm. year, then um, I think we can use that energy in a positive direction because we always do want to measure in some way, how am I doing? And so it's very tempting to just look over and horizontally compare. Um, 
What else? I also had mentioned on here, um, focusing your energy on your circle of influence. So a lot of times we are going to be overwhelmed by things in the world, especially if we're watching a lot of news or, you know, we're thinking about the virus, thinking about race relations issues. And we get so overwhelmed because these are things that are maybe outside of our circle of influence. But if we can recognize what's inside of that circle, maybe maybe talking to our best friend, um, clarifying something with our best friend, um, you know, getting up and having a healthy meal and you know these things that are inside of our our um, circle of influence if we focus our energies there then we feel productive we feel accomplished and empowered but if we start getting our focus outside of that circle and spending our energy outside of that circle that's when we start to feel overwhelmed and just anxious yeah yeah it sounds like what we talk about at the institute too we (laughs) We're, at the Institute, we're always saying, let, you know, let's focus. Because if you think about, like, teaching the faith to the whole Catholic world, it, it gets overwhelming. We're focused on our diocese. Um, we will shine the light beyond it, but our fir- first focus is on our sphere of influence here because um, we can all get anxious about navigating through this life. It is um, sometimes called the Valley of Tears, and I know with teenage girls sometimes it feels almost hopeless because they have to pull away from you and grow up but it's scary because they're your babies and you want to hold them still <laughs> and, uh, Definitely. well thank you so much for being here with us um what was just the one liner we would sum up this episode with maybe um we always do at the end of every podcast we do an into the chariot just how to sum it up i i think uh anxiety purpose meaning is what you said remember that god loves you it sounds like something cliche that we say a lot and we get used to saying it until you really stop and think about what that means that um you god god made you knows every hair on your head every electron on your nose (laughs) god does love you and our children need to know that our daughters need to know that um to help them get through that time um all right we want you to know at the saint philip institute that we are willing to talk about these these issues we um we look at it like these are our current issues in our modern times that are difficult but the eternal truths that the church guards, the deposit of faith, they're there to help us navigate our life in any time. So um, trying to connect those two things, the, the real life, boots on the ground kind of stuff, and the, the dogmatic truths that we learn in our faith, and there's a reason why we don't deny any of that, because it would be to deny the truth of who we are. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope we can do more. Um, we had planned to do a a uh, seminar with mothers and daughters this summer like everything else is uh, not quite sure where that stands right now but we do want to do more with mothers and daughters more with fathers and sons more with families um, through all seasons of life so uh, encourage everybody if you're interested in talking more to Simone to look her up um, Stella Maris Christian Counseling Downtown. Counseling. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you just Google that and you'll find her. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Can you give us a blessing? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit.
Almighty God, we ask your blessing for all of us, especially those watching this podcast, that we may be full of hope and know the wonder of God's love, that we have been created in your love and guided in the light of your Son and the power of your Spirit. May the Blessed Virgin Mary be a special inspiration for all of us, and let us trust that she is our Blessed Mother interceding for us. And when we turn to her and ask for that intercession, it can bring us great peace and strength in knowing our own deep-seated goodness because we come from God who is all good. And so we ask God's blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.